Macworld Podcast, number 27, February 8th, 2006. Welcome to another edition of the Macworld Podcast. It's a special edition today. We are coming to you live from the MS Osterdam, a cruise ship in the Pacific Ocean, somewhere off the coast of Mexico. This is Jason Snell, the editorial director of Macworld Magazine and Macworld.com. I'm at Macmania 4, the latest geek cruise, co-produced by geekcruises.com and Macworld. Uh, basically, we've got more than 100 cruisers who are crossing uh, their vacation on a cruise ship with a bunch of sessions by Mac experts who are, are, are talking about Tiger, about iLife, about uh, troubleshooting, Photoshop, and uh, also doing some uh, pretty entertaining stuff, uh, including some musical musical stuff and uh, some great evening presentations, and just sitting around and talking about the Mac and other tech stuff. Um, it's really a great event. Uh, this is my fourth Mac Mania. There have been five, despite the number, because uh, we do some half-step cruises as well. And there are a couple more coming up this year. Um, so it's it's definitely been a pretty cool uh, pretty cool event, and I think that my guests will share that opinion with me as well. So um, I've got a couple guests today who I talked to on the ship because this is an entirely waterborne podcast. I think that's our first. My first guest is Christopher Breen, who's senior editor at Macworld. He writes our Mac 911 column, and he is one of the featured speakers on the Mac Mania Cruise. My second guest is Andy Anatko, a longtime Macworld contributor who is also a columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times and generally loved Mac guy. So my first interview is with Chris Breen, and let's get started. Chris Breen, how, how, uh, how's the cruise going so far for you? It's been great. I mean, the, the, there are lots of geeks aboard. Everybody is, is really nice. Um, the, the faculty, of course, is great. There are lots of wonderful people here talking Mac stuff. And uh, and I, so far I haven't taught any classes, but I've been sitting down with a lot of people, kind of ad hoc troubleshooting their iPod issues or their Mac issues, because people know who who we are and, and are comfortable asking us questions, and, and we're really happy to help out. I actually ran into somebody yesterday who whose iPod was broken, and I don't think he was actually in our group. And I said, "Well, I'll, I'll tell you where to go, and you need to find the guy named Chris Breen, and you need to ask him about how to how to save your iPod. It looked like his iPod had been fried." Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, well, if it if it has burn marks on it, there's really nothing anybody can do about it. But yeah, that's that's been the case. There's this one guy who's got this one iPod error that, he, and he, I think he's going to everybody. Because I talked to him about it yesterday, he gets a minus 50 error, and I think that indicates that there's a corrupt file somewhere. But he went to Leo Laporte about it, and then I walked into one of Leo's sessions, and he says, oh, oh, you need to talk to Chris Breen. He said, no, no, I've already talked to Chris Breen. And then Bob Levitas, I ran into him, and he said, oh, yeah, there's this guy with an iPod problem. I said, yeah, is it minus 50? Yeah, that's the guy he needs to, yeah, we've talked. So everybody's sort of throwing up their, because a lot of iPod errors like this are really, you need to have somebody's iPod and, and play with it for a while. But I don't have his music library, and that seems to be where he's having the problem. And the problem is with his machine at home. So you sort of try to suggest the usual stuff, and then beyond that, you say, look, if this doesn't work after three times, talk to Apple, see what they can do about it. He's taken it to the Apple store, which is one reason he's having the problem now, that he's kind of frustrated that it continues to happen even after they supposedly fixed it, which is, again, which leads me to believe that it's a corrupt file somewhere on his, uh, probably a music file somewhere on his Mac. 
Now, you mentioned there are a lot of geeks here, and definitely we've got more than 100 conference goers and their families here. And, you know, we're, we're sitting here in the Internet cafe of the ship, and there are power books everywhere. Um, but as I think a misconception is that everything, everybody on the ship is, is, is a, a computer person, and that's actually not true. There, I think there are several thousand people on the ship, and it's only a couple hundred of us. So um, it, sometimes it's interesting to walk around and notice the reaction where, where uh, people are, are kind of amazed that, that somebody brought their computer on the, on the cruise ship, and then all of a sudden um, they turn a corner and there are 14 power books. Yeah, and it's true. I, I had my backpack on today, and there was a, a gentleman getting waiting to get on the elevator, and, and we rode the elevator for a bit. And he says, so, so what do you got in that backpack? What, what do you get your knapsack on for? And I said, well, I've got a computer in it. What? Well, you know, they got a bunch of computers on shore, and they're cheap. Well, yeah, but see, I'm, and it, and you're trying to think how in a in a four floor elevator ride can I explain to this guy that that I'm here sort of working and and I need to have my computer with me because I'm on my way to teach somebody something about their computer. And he just he's well, you know, I managed to get through this life without ever having to use one of those things. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'll use one in the next life. And at that point, I thought, yeah, I think we have really nothing else to talk about. So great seeing you. Best of luck, and there's the uh, there's the Lido restaurant where you can get wonderful food. Um, but yeah, it it is funny because people do sort of walk around the corner and they get near the internet cafe and they look at us like, you know, the, you understand this is a vacation, right? I mean, it's, we're off the coast of Mexico. It's beautiful outside. Why aren't you by the pool? You're you're banging away on your computer. Come on. But um, a lot of people are here with our group because this is their passion and so yeah it's great to get off the boat and and see the sights but when we're at sea people want to talk max and they want to talk to leo they want to talk to you they want to talk to derek and deke and everybody else who's here because this is the stuff they really love doing so it's it's a great opportunity for them yeah i think it's definitely a a a pretty clever combination that neil bauman who uh, came up with the geek cruises concept uh you know that that he put together, which which is this balance of the the geeky technical stuff as well as you know a real vacation where you're exploring different ports and it's it's a pretty good scenario. Now, this correct me if I'm wrong. Is this your second geek cruise? Yeah, this is my second one, and um, this one has a few more um, Mac folks and Photoshop folks aboard than the Baltic um, did. But it's um, it's odd being on. On two different ships, we're on the, the Osterdam and at the Baltic, we were on the Westerdam, and yet they're exactly the same ship. I know where everything is because it's the same layout. What's in your in your plans for the rest of the rest of the week on the cruise? Uh, Thursday is my full day of teaching, so that uh, I'll do um, a morning session on OS X troubleshooting. After that, I'm doing a um, kind of an iLife tips and tricks session kind of for the beginner in mind and then i'm doing an advanced iMovie course at the end of the day i'm also part of the mac mania trio i'm playing keyboards uh, and accompanying andy anatko on ukulele and bob levitas on guitar and um my wife and daughter are with me so we get off the boat every so often look around between my geekly duties uh, i'll be blogging this week talking about uh, just recently i I realized that I left my daughter's nightlight at home, so we had to come up with sort of the the hack for a, a nightlight, and of course, an iPod was part of the solution to that. And uh, and I, and a lot of kind of just talking to folks again, running into people who who want to talk about how much they like the Mac or, or problems they may be having because of my association with the Mac nine one one column and the iPod stuff. They say, "Oh, my iPod's broken or my Mac's broken. Let's talk to that guy." 
And fortunately, there are enough other geeks aboard who really know their stuff so that if they if I get stumped, I can turn to any number of people standing next to me and say, you know, I don't know, but I bet somebody here in this room knows this. And it, uh, Leo Laporte is hosting the Ingenious Bar um, a few nights this week. And that's where Leo sort of holds forth with any of us who happen to be available can come up and people bring their Mac problems with them and, and Leo and, and the rest of us see what we can do to fix those problems over a refreshing libation. Excellent. Thanks very much, Chris. And thanks very much for talking to me. Thanks to Chris Breen for spending some time with me uh, and away from his family as we motor through the seas of the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Mexico. Um, my next guest is Andy Anatko. Uh, who needs no introduction, and yet here I am introducing him. He is a longtime Mac writer, columnist, great friend of Macworld, great friend of the Mac community, writes a lot of books, writes for the Chicago Sun-Times, really funny guy, um, very knowledgeable, just an overall great guy. And uh, and Andy is one of the featured speakers here, as well as playing his ukulele in a musical review for the, for the Geek Cruisers and doing some uh, excellent presentations on stage. So... I had a chance earlier to sit down with Andy and Ico and talk to him a little bit about all sorts of topics from geek cruises to podcasting itself, including uh, his own podcast. So let's go to Andy and Ico. So Andy and Ico, this is your second Mac Mania cruise. Um, and I understand that initially when we talked to you about coming on these cruises, you were a little skeptical. Uh, well, well, chiefly because I was sort of really anti-cruise to begin with because, number one, I'm under the age of 58. Let's just get that right out of the way. Uh, and also, it always seemed to me that being on a cruise ship was sort of like being in a really, really great resort hotel, but it was raining every single day and you can never leave it. Because it seemed like, okay, you're in a, it's, all the food is, the food's great and the service is excellent, but they'll always, you can't really leave the ship in the middle of the ocean, not, you can only do it once, you can't come back. Uh, and also, they'll take it to a port, but there'll be people waiting for you to, to you know, take your tourism dollars, and that's no fun. I love going to a city like San Francisco where I'm just free to walk or rent a car or do whatever I want. Uh, so, I mean, it was great to go to Hawaii and experience the fact that, well, this is actually really, really cool because there are a lot of decisions that are taken out of your hands, which is a good thing when you're on vacation and you want to, you know, reduce the, reduce the idle setting of your brain to as low as possible on certain occasions. Uh, and also, I was also a bit skeptical about the idea of a conference on a boat because, uh, I, I enjoy talking to users. I love talking to users. I love answering questions. But if you're, again, the, the issue of escape is a big problem. So that if you if you run into people who are like, well, uh, I'm using Mac OS six, and but I can't get GarageBand to work. Well, that's because well, but it is it is a Macintosh. Well, that's it doesn't work on OS. Yeah, but isn't there? I thought I read an article and like, oh my god. Please. And you and you can't escape because there's nowhere to go except in the water, right? Right. There are lifeboats, but they're really very specific about not letting you use them. They hide the keys. They're not gassed up. It's it's ugly. Not that I didn't consider it. But but in the end, actually, I mean, what I found is w with these events is that unlike a Macworld Expo, where yes, there's an escapability factor, but at the same time, you're so busy and running around, and the best you can manage to a lot of people is just sort of to wave, and or or give them a minute of your time, and then you're pulled in another direction, and you never see them again because it's only three or four days, and and then you're done. Whereas here. If you if you can't talk to somebody right at that moment, you run into them again the next day. You see them at lunchtime. You see them, you know, and, and and you get to spend some quality time and and actually talk to users about what what concerns them. And in the end, yeah, the initial response might be, "Wow, that's kind of weird to be out 
on the on the ship like that. But I, I found that it's actually kind of refreshing to have that time and not feel that pressure of like we got to talk now or I'm never going to see you again. Right. Ab- absolutely. Uh, and also, let's just say that. For some reason, this format seems to self-select against jerks. If you are a jerk, you are not going to be coming on the ship to begin with. And all the people I've met on this cruise have always been really, really nice people that you actually want to help. And it's just as you say, it's wonderful when you're not when – I, when I say being put on the spot, I don't mean that, oh, goodness, I, I, was, I really would, would much rather be staring at that drapery over there, but now I have to talk to humans. It's more like, wow, you've asked a really interesting and subtle question. I, thank God that we're on a boat together. Let me get back to you tomorrow. I want to look up a few things and talk to some people, but I think I know how to do it. But I don't know right off my, off the top of my head. And the funny thing is you do actually want to help people because, again, they're nice people. You develop a sort of relationship with all the students that are on, the, on board the boat. Uh, and it's something you actually look forward to. One of the great things about this cruise is that in addition to having the times at sea where you're doing – uh, sessions and panels and things like that. When we're in port, you know, everybody gets to have a vacation and explore uh, whatever port we're visiting. Uh, I, I know that you've had a chance uh, as we as we speak now to to visit two different ports. Uh, what sort of things have you been doing? Uh, well, yesterday we're in Cabo San Lucas, and uh, I want to do some snorkeling again because I had so much fun snorkeling in Hawaii. That went great. Uh, I wanted to, you know, you have some time in ports. You want to explore a city you haven't been before. I did have a couple of our ulterior motives. A, a big mission, a, a big mission objective for this entire trip was to lay in a supply of Mexican Coca-Cola. And the great thing about Mexico is that it's pretty much everywhere. They 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 really don't even bother bringing in Coca-Cola from America because the the Coca-Cola they have here is so good. Uh, because they use real cane sugar to sweeten it with and not corn syrup. And the first time I felt like someone who's been on methadone for about eight or nine years having his first hit of heroin and realizing what he's been missing all along. Cause the real Coca, cause you know, American Coke is pretty good. But it's just, unless you've had the real, real thing, you don't understand what this addiction can really, really do to a man. So now, uh, you, you had some Mexican Coke and I know that it, it is quite tasty. Um, but I believe you've now uh, stashed a large collection of it in your cabin. Is that true? Yes. Uh, I, I found an ATM. Again, with advanced, advanced intel you get when you do any trip was that if you want to get pesos, don't get it on the boat. Don't get it right off the boat. Walk into town. Find a, a good bank ATM. You'll get the best rates and et cetera, et cetera. So I literally did not have my pesos in my hand more than five minutes before I was across the street to a convenience store buying a shrink-wrapped case of 24 cans. Of, uh, you know, I was looking at it thinking, well, you know, Andy, and I, I know – I know that you plan on just buying like maybe five or six little bottles just the last of the week, but this is a shrink-wrapped, easy-to-carry – well, not it's weighed 80 pounds, but it was still, you know, all together, so it was conceivably carryable. And I was just looking at it and realizing that I guess we're going to be carrying this two miles back to the ship, aren't we? Yes, Andy, I'm afraid we are. Now, carrying that weight that long, I guess, would be painful. But you had to be thinking of the of the rich, rich reward that awaited you uh, when you got back to the ship. Or, or did you stock up? Did you have some coke to fortify you for the voyage? On the catamaran after the after the after the dive, uh, they served a simple lunch of tuna fish sandwiches and chips and salsa, and your basic cooler full of sodas. And they hand me a coke, and of course, I just take a casual sip over it. And yes, it is a real Mexican coke. And memory of memory of savoring that one bottle that I had had earlier in the day, may that you know, darn it, I will not be denied. I, I was carrying this as though it were my own newborn babe, and this was the Titanic, and I had to carry this this babe to safety. It was also good because with my hands full, I was I, I got pestered by street vendors a lot less because they realized that it's probably unlikely that I'm going to be able to sample their, their fine, quote, real, unquote, silver. And with 24 cans, you said, how many cans remain intact at this point after after uh, less than two days, I believe? 
I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I did some damage to it uh, yesterday and last night. Uh, in my defense, I did have to finish a newspaper column today, and one of the main f- fuels for that engine happens to be Coca-Cola. Uh, so we're down to 20, no, 20 cans even. Uh, four cans down, 20 more to go. The goal, and I underscore goal, you know, that's the target, is to have six cans left over to take home with me. And, I mean, these dates can slip. You know, it's, it's not, I'm not, there's, it's not going to affect the stock price. So I'm just saying that that's, that's going to be our target for, for Q1. Shifting gears briefly, I, 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 before we go, I want to talk about podcasting. Obviously, we're doing a podcast here, and Macworld does a, a podcast regularly. Um, recently, I subscribed to a very interesting podcast by one Andy Anatko, a young up-and-comer who I think has a has a future in this podcasting business. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the the original, official, uh, unknown, secret Andy Anatko podcast? Well, you know, it's my responsibility to review all these new products. I had iLife 06 and GarageBand. The new version of GarageBand is just wonderful for recording podcasts. It's it's exactly everything that a Macintosh application should be in that it takes a a, a a activity that you weren't even that sure you were interested in doing and it makes it so much fun to do that you find yourself doing it. And so I recorded a couple of things called the, the shows that I call the Little Red Envelope podcast. That was just – I'm subscribed to Netflix like almost every sensible American who likes movies. Uh, and so I, with a goal that, look, I'm just I got three envelopes waiting for me. So when I got back from San Francisco, I was going to review each one of these movies that and talk about them that I got, opening each envelope at random, just finding what's inside, and then talking about it for about 20 minutes. And so I recorded the first one. I had fun. Recorded the second one. I've had fun. Posted it. My, I was thinking that, well, I don't like creating a podcast and then like never doing another one again. So if I wind up doing six of these, then I'll tell people about it. And then, you know, so it'll be an ongoing concern. Little did I know that I started getting emails about it after the first show, and then I got four times as many emails after the second show, and with the third show, I got 60 emails about it. So now I'm, I guess I'm, I'm committed to doing the Little Red Envelope podcast. I'm, 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 I'm stealing an idea from the Ricky Gervais show in that I'm starting every show from now on saying that there are only going to be 12 and that now there are only, there are only going to be nine more left because his podcast has about 300,000 downloads uh, per week, and I would really, really like to get some of that mojo going. So any idea I can, or concept I can steal from that show to help me towards that goal, I'm going to steal. I'm starting to wonder if there is room for the Ricky Gervais show and any other show because if they start off every show, in addition to telling you how many, how few there are left and telling you how many more listeners there are this week than it, they, they, they have literally, they started probably the last one by saying stress fractures have started to appear in the internet itself. The, the, the copper and the optical wires cannot be stretched anymore. It's basically a, a bandwidth problem where the electrons are just not fast enough to deliver this sort of content. Uh, and he either has to be stopped to make room for other people to do podcasts. I mean, there are, there are a lot of 14 year olds who really, really need to say what the, what the last Blur album did to them. Uh, and I, I, I really think that, that this is denying them that sort of outlet. And when I initially listened to the Ricky Gervais podcast, I was sort of down on the fact that they were only going to do 12. I thought, I, what, this is such a ripoff. And now they've cultivated this whole feeling that really, if they don't stop, the internet will go down and never come back up. So it, they're doing us a favor by only doing 12. Right, because the internet is like a fluorescent light fixture. If you turn it off, it costs that much more to turn it back on again. So the really good thing is to do is just keep it keep it up and running, keep like a two hundred fifty thousand download podcast week after week after week. There's also a question that this is too popular. This too, this, soon soon enough, there's going to be too much money involved in the Ricky Gervais show to 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 possibly turn it off. Andy and Echo, I want to thank you and uh, have a good rest of the cruise, and we hope to see you on a, a future MacMania cruise as well. As do I. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank my guests, Andy Anatko and Chris Breen. I'm Jason Snell from Macworld. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you again next time on the Macworld Podcast.